Welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Monty. Hello. Hello again. We're back in your ears. That was very breathy tones. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we should cackle from me. Yeah. We should premise this with, you know, as per, we've been drinking. Don't tell them all our secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Might have had a small sherry. Sherry or Montelado or something like that. <laughs> and we've had pizza as well, so we've soaked it all up. We have, yeah. Um, in today's episode, we are talking about Denmark and Thanks Memedy Grand Prix. Yes, we are indeed. Uh, what do you think? of Not my favourite national final this year, I have to say. I didn't watch it live. There was other national finals, if I remember rightly. Yes, that's the thing with all of the catch-up um, facilities available now. We don't have to watch them live. In fact, it was actually after Eurovision by the time I got round to watching this. <laughs> uh, I didn't even watch it before um, before the night. Uh, so all I knew of it was the song that won, which um, well disappointed me, to be brutally frank. You and many people. It's one of those songs that was divisive. Again, we talk about that on the podcast, but this was divisive. People really did not like this. It Well, to borrow a phrase from a previous episode, it annoyed the titting crap out of mm. me. It was, oh, it was so bland and so smug and twee and just, oh, I really didn't take to it at all. Yeah, I mean, I've got a sweet tooth, but even my teeth are killing oh, me after Saccharin, <laughs> on top of saccharin. No, it wasn't my taste at all. So, yeah, I was a bit put off really listening to the rest of the Danish one, I think, with a fat one, mustn't have been very good. But actually, we found some little gems as we've gone through, and we'll be bringing them to you later in the show. Mm. And we can talk about the staging, actually, they had. It was very... um, Anybody who's seen the stage in 1999, with a weird, like, wheel, like a a wheel from a pirate ship. I don't know. I'm going to have another drink. Hold on. (laughs) But you know what I mean? That wheel, like, Art Deco wheel. Yes. And it was just, yeah... Very, very odd staging, I feel like. The staging of the Dance Melody Grand Prix has been quite similar for many years, though, now. They've, they have it in a big arena, so it's quite a big event. Um, and I think it always looks really impressive on TV. Um, and actually, that was one of the things when we went back to this, the, the, the production quality of this was so high, we knew that we, we had to have a cherry from Denmark this mm. year. Um, even if um, you know there was there was very quality in the songs, but I think there are some 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 nice things to talk about as we go through. So the final was uh, held in uh, Herning this year mm-hmm. uh, outside of Copenhagen at the Juska Bank Boxen uh, in um, in Herning on the twenty third of February. Now Denmark has a fairly rich history at Eurovision. They've got three wins under their belt, so they're ahead of many countries, and they've um, had wins across the across the, the time span of Eurovision. So they didn't have to wait long after their debut in 1957 before they got a win uh, in 1963. Uh, and it's one of my favourite winners, actually, Dan Savisa by Greta and Jorgen Ingman. It's got that kind of sort of 60s vibe about it that I really like. I think it, it must have felt very modern at the time compared to some of the other songs that were in the contest which were, you know, tended to be kind of like, you know, male or female um, sung ballads. Um, and chanson, 
and you know, very traditional sounding song. So this must have kind of cut through quite nicely, I think, at the time. Um, Denmark's second win came in 2000, um, a very big win, with Fly in the Wings of Love by the Olsen Brothers. Yeah, which we said in the previous episode, who they weren't quite the eldest. That's right. We have look, I've looked this up now, and you were right, actually. Dave Benson, what from Estonia, was the oldest person at the time of winning. Mm. So he is um, he's 14 months older than the elder Olsen brother. Yeah. So yes, he would have been just a, a little bit older at the time of winning um, than the Olsen brother was, just by, by not very much, though. Um, and uh, the third winner was Only Teardrops by Emily DeForest, uh, quite recently in 2003. So with three wins under their belt, I have to say, uh, uh, the perception I had was that Denmark had come last on a number of occasions. I had them kind of in that sort of bracket with Norway. Um, but they've only come last once. Do you know when that was? Denmark last place. Denmark last place. Was it recently? Mm, it was this millennium. Oh, God. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. It's 2002, actually. It's all the way back there. Show me who you are with Melina Mortensen. Uh, the only time that Denmark's come last. And then, again, let's look at, like, as the UK, we'll take that. We'll take, like, not coming last in the last <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so Denmark's had a sort of... They've been in and out of Eurovision a bit. I mean, there was a few years that they didn't qualify because of the system that was in place yeah. at the time. Um, they had a great place in 1995, but they didn't qualify in the following year because it wasn't based on how well you did. There was a pre-selection round that year, which also kicked out Germany, which is the, you know, why we, I think we now have the big five rules, so the big countries don't get kicked out. But Denmark had a, a, a voluntary leave of absence for 11 years. Wow. I know, 1967 to 1977, they didn't take part. And they didn't take part because the head of entertainment at the Danish television, Jorgen Kaiser, didn't think that Eurovision was quality entertainment. I instantly dislike him. Absolutely. I'm going to say a Danish phrase, which might get us explicit rating oh, in Denmark. Rende hop, Jorgen Kaiser, which means screw you. Ooh. Yeah, screw you and your morals for yeah. entertainment <laughs> we missed out on 11 years of Denmark at Eurovision and actually they did really well in their early years I, they had some fantastic songs can we go um, back yeah, though yes. to the song which was it the third year that they entered like back yes in? like the you, we just listened to it now we just watched it even and it is bananas. What 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 is it? It's um. Ber- it's Berta Ki- Berta Vilka, um, and the song is called "Oh Yavilla Enskayai Vadai," um, which means um, "I wish that I was you." It's a gorgeous little song. I I've just found this little bit about the song on, on Wikipedia. She sings it with some gusto, uh, <laughs> and it says here the song is a love ballad in which Vilka sings about how much she wishes she wishes. Oh, I can't even say that. How much she wishes she were her lover. She then describes how she would love herself in this situation, Mm -hmm. including asking for her own hand in marriage. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to go somewhere else then. We've all been there. um, But we'll put it in the show notes so you can link and just see. You need to see it, actually, because we were joking and laughing. Oh, it's a fun song, but actually it's really like very tricky performance that she has to bring this comedy but not silliness mm-hmm. 
Well, no, it is a bit silly, but it's, it's, it's this level of comedy, but with a professional element to it. She's really singing the song well. She sings her heart out in it. Yeah. She's, she throws herself into that performance. Yeah. And I like the little bit at one point, she, there's an instrumental break, and she goes for a little walk to one <laughs> yeah. side, swishes her skirt around, comes back to the microphone stand, then goes for a little walk on the other side, does the same, comes back, swishes her skirt around again, and then throws herself with abandon yeah. uh, into the song again. I mean, we can see drag queens who would, who would kill for that sort of stuff. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> absolutely now Berta it was that was the third year they took part but actually Berta was one of the artists who was the um, first Danish entrant in 1957 um, with Gustav Winkler and they sang a song called Skibot Sal Selai Nat my best Danish accent there <laughs> and this is famous for having the longest kiss in the contest history, way back in 1957. Who knew? It's quite racy. Yeah. They, they went in for a, a snog at the end of the song. And apparently, whoever was meant to give them their cue to come out of the snog didn't give them it. So they just held it and held it and held it and held it. And held it. And so they've got this... They're, they're, they're slugging for about three months at the end of the song. Wow. They're there forever. Uh, so <laughs> if you would have said what decade even, not like what year, but what decade was the longest snog at Eurovision? Exactly. I would have ruled out the first 30 to 40 years mm-hmm. instantly. Yeah. See, we've maybe got more prudish at Eurovision. Maybe. Look at us. Those two songs, Herald of Ding, I think sort of quite... Uh, Quite an interesting history for um, for for Denmark. There's a there's a few um, there's a few songs I think we we should just highlight. So we had um, Tommy Sabak was a multiple entrant for Denmark. He sang Disco Tango. He duetted on Krullerella Rai. It's uh, first in seventy nine, second in eighty one, and he came back in nineteen eighty three with Unta Himlen or Stjernenan, maybe in in Danish. I'm not sure the pronunciation. But it's, Tommy Sebak was one of those, when you look at him as a performer, you kind of sort of think, it's one of those singers that you're not quite sure how they ever made it into the big time. But he was quite <laughs> a star in Denmark. He was quite well known. And obviously, you know, pitched up three times in, in Eurovision. Somebody else, another act that pitched up three times for Denmark were Hot Eyes. Uh, in the 80s, yes. Søren and Kirsten, uh, a duo who sang three songs in 84, 85 and 88. And in fact, fact fans, uh, 85 was the year that we saw our youngest ever singer on stage, which was Søren's daughter, Leia, the little child that was running around with them. Oh, uh, wait, hold on. I thought you were going to say something else. Oh, we should have probably ironed this out before we hit oh, record, okay. Katie. The youngest ever performer at Eurovision. Hmm. She was nine years old. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I thought, uh, obviously, um, Sandra... Sandra Kim. Uh, yes, Sandra Kim, sorry. Yes, Sandra she Kim. Was, she was the youngest, around the youngest anyway, but then it transpired that she was a lot younger than she was yes, at 13. Yeah, so yeah. she's the youngest winner. Because ah, she right, said okay. she was 15, but she was actually 30. Um, but actually, France and Israel both had 12-year-olds oh, right. on stage um, for them. But yeah, Leia, uh, Søren's daughter from Hot Eyes, was the youngest at nine years old. Wow. Thank goodness they've changed that ruling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't like to see a child at Eurovision. Although we love Junior, of course. Um, but yes, there's a, there's a time and a place. I was literally listening to the French junior Eurovision as I was walking into your estate tonight to come and meet you oh really yeah I love it so um, I'm kind of a bit of a fan of junior Eurovision can we call it a development rather than an estate 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me feel a little bit posture. This is coming you live from the man's. <laughs> <laughs> um, a couple of other notable um, past entries for Denmark that I'd like to make up. Uh, Beata Kier in 1989. Uh, that was just one of those Schlager classics that everybody seems to love. It was very of its time, but it's also quite timeless. It's one of those classics that we love. Um... 1995, I mentioned them earlier, was Aud Wilken with a song called Framolsteskein. And this was a really unusual slow song. It's probably my favourite Danish song. Um, Came fifth, did really, really well. But it's kind of sort of, it's not really that well remembered now. I think because we tend to hear the the up-tempo numbers, the bangers, when we go to Eurovision events. We don't tend to hear the, mm. the ballads. But it's, if you don't know that, check that out. Absolutely gorgeous song. We'll put um, that in the show notes, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's, re- it's really worth seeing. Beautiful performance as well. Uh, one not to put in the show notes, though, I think, is uh, one we mentioned in an earlier podcast as well, which was Kuli Kai in 1997, with We mentioned this because he was a rapper. Oh, God. And it was... God awful, really. <laughs> but I just thought I'd mention it again because we've mentioned it already. And um, of course, Denmark Nelly did the double. So when uh, the Olsons won in 2000, then the following year, uh, when they were hosting, Rollo and King, with Never Ever Let You Go, came second. Mm-hmm. And it looked like it might win for a while. So it looked like we might have been two years on the trot. But no, we unexpectedly went to Estonia mm-hmm. instead. Uh, one last song I want to uh, pick out before we go into this year's uh, selection is um, a fourth place song for Denmark in 2010 from Sinead and Nevergreen. Um, and I want to mention this because I remember when we were watching it in rehearsals, they just seemed to hate each other. You know, they seemed to really not get on, but then they could just turn the chemistry on um, for the performance, and it wow. all came together on the night. The best performance, but they were they were they were they were daggers between them. Really? Yeah, but the the reason I love that song is not their performance, but the performance that the great Eurovision stars in their eyes, Eurostars, oh. uh, in Eurobash, the Oge UK annual event, where people get up and perform Eurovision classics, either in a serious or a comedy style. And this one was definitely in a comedy style. It was uh, fabulous Paul Jordan, Dr. Eurovision, as many of you may know him, and Elaine Dove, who performed this. And they, they, they were very creative with this, <laughs> because the bit on the presentation where Sinead and Nevergreen move in opposite directions on a travelator on the stage. Paul and Elaine were standing on skateboards <laughs> which they had people pulling on strings to pull them apart across the stage. <laughs> it was just one of the funniest things I've ever seen. They even didn't take the wrapping off the skateboards because they were going to take them back to the shops <laughs> the next time. <laughs> I wish Which I makes just... them cheap skates. <laughs> oh, but, God. Um, Oh, and a shout out to Paul and Elaine. <laughs> Shall we move on to the song? Actually, I do just want to say, although we've picked out some notable entries for, for Denmark, they have been um, responsible for some rubbish as well. I'm not that keen on most of their recent entries. And in fact, actually, there was a time when we used to use the term da- a Danish song as a catch-all term for one of those really quite bland schlager pop songs oh, no, that didn't good. really go anywhere. Um, so yeah, they've not... Um, they've had a, a checkered history today. Yeah, I think... Shout out to Rasmussen, the 
The Viking. Beardy. Yeah, oh my God. Like, I love that song. Do you like his beard? Does that yeah. do you like him more for the beard? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, give or take. We like a beard. We like a beard. Um, but I did, I remember we uh, we got, wasn't a lock-in, there was no one in the pub, but we, we kind of took over this pub in Luton uh, when I used to live there. It's called the California Inn, Gaber. And we sort of took over, did our own karaoke, <laughs> and I was, no one wanted to sing. So I was like, oh, I'll I sang like five songs in a row. So obviously I was like, this is my opportunity to sing karaoke Eurovision songs, because where can I find you? So there's me searching, and I sang like just mucking around Rasmussen and I tell you what it was so much fun I bet it's a it's a it's proper stomper yeah, yeah I was stomping they're like what yeah. are you doing I'm like shh you're over it wasn't one of my it wasn't a song I was keen on but I know that a lot of people got behind it was quite theatrical it was yeah, yeah so I can see you know I can see you putting on a nice little performance to that yeah maybe I'll get you to do it for me after after we've recorded the podcast <laughs> I might do it Eurostars oh Eurostars yeah fabulous <laughs> So let's move on and have a little look at what was in the Danish final this year. So obviously the winner was Leonora. Have we have we talked about her enough? I think so. Good. I think we we're, we're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I will say that I uh, someone at ESC Extra website that we write for they uh, they love it. So Luke, uh, shout out to Luke. He loves it's. He says favourite Eurovision song ever Sharp I swear to God he says that but I can see why it's sweet and it's lovely but yeah ever ever yeah goodness me actual words but let's move on because it's not our favourite and we no. care about the second I mean I love that look likes it but really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so we're going to go through these in performance order we're not going to talk about everyone but we're going to pick them up but we've just watched them in performance order so that's how we've made our notes <laughs> so the first one the opening of the show was Simone Emily with Anywhere Simone and anywhere. Funnily enough, her surname Emily. This reminds me of she looks. She has got like a look of Emily De Forest. Actually, oh my, that's what I've got in my notes. Have you got that in your notes? Got that in my notes, notes as well. <laughs> <laughs> it is though because she's she's she looks like her. She's she is wearing shoes, but they're white and it looks like she's barefoot. But it, she's just the whole sort of silhouette of her is so Emily De Forest. Um, this song is a little bit more uh, actually this is a really good song it, it is it's quite yeah. um, uh, the production of it's really good and I, I love a good production on the song I don't know why it just makes me feel like you're in safe hands with it um, but performed like flawlessly she knew what she was doing had a bit of fun nice smile at the end yeah winner I loved it I loved it as well actually and I got that Emily DeForest vibe about it that's exactly what I wrote down I haven't really got anything I could I, I find it difficult to kind of pick out things to say about it because it was uh, it was quite a nice song but it was quite it was a safe song yeah and I think that's something that Denmark does very well they're not very risk averse 
I think they're, you know, they they like to send something that's within a kind of a, a bracket of safety. Yeah, well, they are risk averse, you mean? They are risk, yeah. yes. So they are risk. They don't yeah. like taking risks, and that's very much what I got from this. But I really liked it. I thought it was a fantastic show opener. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Really, now really I was nice. the I wasn't at the viewing party, so to speak, where we chose the cherry for Denmark. Um, so I had to put my vote in, sort of online mm-hmm. with you guys, and I chose this, didn't I? I said this you is did. this would have yes. been my choice. Um, so I'll wait and see whether I was happy or not happy at the end but um, yeah this, this was my favourite of the lot I just liked it I liked her vibe really cool yeah get some trainers on in a dress and go and sing love yeah mm-hmm. loved it yeah lovely the second one up was uh, a song called Kiss Like This by Yasmin Gabay <laughs> really like this one as well um this has got like a nice little latin flavor mm. it's quite a nice sort of easy pop song it has that moment where uh, there's a confetti gun goes off and this happens a few times during the, yeah. the danish farm kind of goes off and it's not quite captured on screen so you hear the, the sound of it but you don't quite see the visual effect of it <laughs> so it's a little bit wasted but um yeah i just again a light breezy pop song another safe song I have to say, um, you know, not taking any risks with this either, but just, you know, very well performed on that stage, looks great on screen, and yeah, ticks all the boxes for me. Yeah, I have to say, really like digging down, looking at the, the staging and, and including the camera work, there was, she avoided some really awkward camera shots by just being quite at ease and quite professional because there was she was right in front of the camera mm. it didn't move much it was just her face or like her torso and she was just dealing with it really well like the, the times when she wasn't singing she gave a little smile and a little look and then a dancer comes in and is quite um, sort of flirty with her and she's sort of like, I, but I felt like that she kind of called it out because it's actually really difficult to be that natural and it could have been really awkward and, and those are the sort of things that put people off voting but yeah I, I, I quite liked her a slight lack of authenticity in this one for me because mm-hmm. I'm not sure I would place the singer as good as she was vocally she was really good but I'm not sure I'd place her in that song so okay. there was something a little bit like that but um, you know good vocal do you think that's because these feel like songs written for the show and then the artist is added afterwards yeah that's what it is yeah because actually if you look down the list of writers there are some names that crop up again and again mm. against some of these songs um, and you know I, I don't know how the Danes select their songs I don't know if they have those kind of like songwriting camps that the UK has been having but certainly it's it's a similar group of people who were involved in several of the entries mm. so I wonder if that's the that lack of authenticity and of course we've spoken about how that's not the kind of thing that's going to win Eurovision these yeah. days you need something that feels a little bit more um, authentic and has integrity between the artist and the song the next song we're going to uh, listen to is called Dancing With You In My Heart and it's by Murray Isabel. Ooh, 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 
So, Marie, what do you think? Well, if you cut this open, written through the middle of this would be old-fashioned schlager, mm. like a stick of rock. And it absolutely is that. Got a slight country vibe to it, um, but there's a, there's a joy to it. There's a joy to watching an artist like Marie Isabel perform as well. She's, um, she's the kind of artist... She looks a little bit more mature... Um, I don't actually know how old she is. I, no. There's no, there's not much biographical information um, uh, uh, that I was able to to look at just before coming to record the show. But she looks as though she's the kind of woman who's you know a, a solid singer, but has not had that many musical breaks in her career. Mm. So there's an added joy to watching a performer like that up on a stage like this singing a good old fashioned schlager song which, you know, that's one of my first loves in Eurovision, that kind of genre of song. So I'll always have a little place in my heart for it. Even if it's, you know, not the kind of thing that tends to do very well now, there'll still be something which makes me want to come back to it. Because I like it, and I think, you know, we shouldn't be ashamed to like what we like. Yeah, I'm not quite sure about being dressed as... The lady from Frozen, I forget the name, the main character who's got all the skills. Oh, yeah, I don't know if you've seen it. I was going to call it Elphaba, but that's the witch. Um, but you know what I mean, the, 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 the let it go moment mm, where she's, yes. she's dressed um, in a very similar dress. I'm like, is that the dress from Frozen? But um, not that there's anything wrong with that, it just looked a bit odd because she had the hair coming down and stuff. But um, yeah, this is in the realm of Schlager. I, mm. I, and my notes, I put it's like, yeah, it's in that realm, it's in that you get a whiff of it. Bit bland, maybe? In in parts, but there's a likability factor here, mm. where yeah, you sort of you root for her. I don't know why. Maybe it's the perceived maturity of her look, maybe, or just something about she's just likable. I liked her. Um, she's very yeah, very yeah, likeable, she? yeah. Yeah, and yeah, the song's okay. It's it yeah. I can't recall it now actually off the top of my head, but but yeah, good for her. I liked it. Good. So moving on, next song was called. Say My Name by Sigmund. No remedies to silence my voice. I will get home my hands up to the stars and I'll say my name. Say, 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 say my name. Say my name. Say, 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 say my name. So this promised a bit more than it delivered for me. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> um, I was got this kind of sort of you know space vibe, spacey vibe uh, to it. It's um, it, it, it's a very camp song, mm. which I mean that's the kind of thing I you know I really like. But it it kind of it felt like it was going to go somewhere else than where it went. It was pleasant enough, but a little bit disappointing for me. I think. Yeah, it started well. The visual, I think he's like in some cryo chamber and you think, oh, he's in space. This is, there's a story here. I felt like, yeah, a bit disappointed because, why was I disappointed? I got a vibe here of like years and years, the group, years and years, who is one of my favourite groups, absolutely love them. But this sort of new age, gay man, young man with this sort of Android sexuality, mm-hmm. and I think any if there's any years and years fans would know that um, the Palo Santo, one of their 
recent songs or I'm sure it's Planet Fante, um, they they do this whole sort of long video which is almost like a mini film of being this like android lover and prostitute or something I don't know but it, it's I just got that vibe from him and and I felt like it could have really pushed the envelope and gone places mm-hmm. but say my name I'm not quite under sh- sure what that means in the context of the song the yeah I just felt like they could have you could have really pushed this gay android space theme a bit more actually and giving us something a bit of bit of flavour on stage yeah I like the years and years comparison actually I think that's there for me as well it's kind of you know if we could have got something that was going in that direction this would have made it much more interesting years and years would be uh, a dream Eurovision entry for me from the UK I think that you know the what they bring to performance what they bring to their music um, is just joyful um, and I would love to see that. Ollie follows me on Twitter, so what? there's a possibility <laughs> that he might have seen our second cherry podcast and be listening. So Ollie, if you are listening, let's have a little chat about getting you into Eurovision, eh? Yeah, we? because we need like I I I cite oh, I cite a number of songs, but there's two songs that I cite as really British brilliant music that I'd love to see at Eurovision which I think would do well at Eurovision Years and Years and their song King because mm-hmm. that's yes. just rousing like the trumpet no, 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 no. just loved it can you sing that again no <laughs> <laughs> I regretted that I mean um, but that just love King just just want to scream and shout it and every time it, it's, it's a song that I put on when I'm getting ready because mm-hmm. it gets me in the mood and um, also um, Jack Garrett and um, Lose Yourself yeah and, Jack Garrett, and a Jack Garrett song which I'm really into which I think would do really well at Eurovision mm-hmm. but anyway um, back to Sigmund um, I like him he's got something about him um, that sort of twinky guy on stage I wonder what else he would do I don't know much about his backstory or anything like that so I wonder what what other music he does and whether this was his genre or whether he was sort of shoehorning mm-hmm. this song you know, like we said about it was written for him. Maybe, yeah. Know, but yeah. yeah, interesting. I just a little bit disappointed because I thought there could have been so much more to it. Yes, yeah, there could have absolutely been more to it. So, Ollie, come to Eurovision and don't disappoint us, please. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> we'll show you around. <laughs> I hope you're well away. Can you imagine? That'd be yeah. great. Um, so, moving on, the next <laughs> song is uh, uh, was by a group called Humor Expressen. Uh, the Humor Express, and it was called Dröning af Baren. Unahin, Dröning af Baren, er du en mand, som må du blive til din gud? Og hun er, unge af Baren, hun tykker mænd, hører spøl og mod. Unahin, Dröning af Baren, er du en mand, som må du blive til din gud? Now, <laughs> now, what does it mean, Monty? What does the what does the name of the song mean? The Reigning of Baron means the Queen of the Bar, and once you know that, then the gimmick of the song is really quite obvious. Um, it's kind of like a bit of a rockabilly number. Um, so they're dressed up a bit, kind of sort of you know country and western, but like as in the old fashioned western films in a saloon bar or something like that. 
with a you know somebody dressed as a waiter and there's a, a, a female performer singing in the the spotlight um, and she has well, a back to the camera for yeah. almost all of it she's not singing but she's, she's sort of like moving she's, as, like, she's, she's wiggling yeah. yes back to us the whole time yes and then at the end she turns around and oh my goodness it's a drag queen <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I mean, you you know that that was trailed in the title and anybody with a queer sensitivity could see that coming a mile off uh, yeah after she didn't turn around after the first verse I was like that's a drag queen that's a drag queen yeah and um, yeah I mean it's like goodness me I mean how original you know let's put some straight people on stage who don't really have any kind of concept of humour even though their name is called the Humour Express and uh, let's uh, let's laugh at the drag queen I, I can I can hear Graham Norton's BBC commentary with this song <laughs> because you've got like a singing waiter. Uh, you've got, there was a bit of a group, everyone had their own little look, but there was a guy who came in every now and again and he dressed literally like an apron mm-hmm. over his clothes. Like he just like, it, I, I get it, it was like a bar. And I suppose we, we talk about sort of like a saloon or something in, in you know the Wild West, but actually it had more like an, an art deco 1920s 30s feel to it because that's where <laughs> in my notes I put oh that wheel suddenly made sense because the ah. wheel back they lit it because it had the, this sort of hard square edges that Art Deco has and it was just it looked perfect actually as if it was really part of their staging um, but that that's what I've really got to say about it I just was unimpressed by the drag queen turnaround yeah. who then at the end was like at the front and centre as if she just completely just held stage it's like yeah. It wasn't about you, but everyone I did um, disconnect. Not for me. No. Not for me at all. But we had to talk about it because sometimes when something absurd is happening on stage, you just have to point it out. Yeah, who likes a good drag queen? Everyone likes a good <laughs> So next song up is by Julian Nina and it's called League of Light. Living is learning to love. We are more than an echo of the past. We are feeling that will last. Burning in the league of light. Flying away from darker sides. Over mountains, over rise. Through the fire to unite. In the league of light. This is the song that came second. And actually, the song that won the televote. It won the televote, yeah. which is always worth pointing out. Yes. Yeah, we said that about Kano last week, actually. When we were talking about Sweden, we always like digress. But yeah, we talk about the, the televote. That's really important to win that. Mm-hmm. It's always worth looking out. Who wins the televote at a national final? And is that the song that got picked eventually to go through mm-hmm. to Eurovision? Because there is somewhat a correlation with songs that don't win their national televote mm-hmm. go to Eurovision and don't do very well and you wonder whether there is some correlation with that um, there's notable songs isn't there in the past where that happened so yeah my, my notes on this was it's a duet in the strongest sense in the sense mm-hmm. that they don't there's very few parts where they don't sing together it's a duet all the way through mm-hmm. which is a bit odd there, there's no edges to this song though it was quite Again, well produced, quite polished, 
they sang quite well, but there's there's nothing to grab onto. It's just a very, very competent performance. The selling point really was the Greenlandic, both of the artists being Greenlandic artists, and uh, um, both of them are singing part, I think both of them sing partially in Greenlandic throughout it as well at times. I don't know, do they? We should definitely check that out before hitting record. <laughs> <laughs> should do, should so the selling point here really was about both of the artists being Greenlandic artists and Greenlandic being on stage for the first time. Mm. Um, and it, it definitely had that kind of sort of Northern European, the kind of sort of, you know, the Northern lights, the winter wonderland kind of feel to it. Um, and both of the women from Nuuk, uh, which is in Greenland and just a very nice place to say the name of, because it <laughs> sounds very nice. Um, but yeah, it's um, it was a little bit bland for me. Um, I could see the appeal um, for it ticking the boxes in those genres, but yes. Um, but I think it would be interesting to see had that gone to Eurovision and we'd had something there for the first time from that culture. Yeah, I mean, again, we're back to how do you dress up the traditional elements into a contemporary mm. package? Because Kano, as we said last week, was just perfection mm. at doing that. Um, whereas, you know, even the Estonian entry that we've picked as our mm. second cherry, Sandra with Sovi de Pou, they had it had sort of a flavour of tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, but dressed up in a contemporary package that's really tough to do actually I really think that's what Eurovision delivers which chart music in mm-hmm. different countries just doesn't do as well so this is something this you know League of Light didn't really achieve it you, you got a flavour of it but the song again mm-hmm. again it's quite bland so after that we've got one more song that we want to bring you is a song that closed the show and it was by Lilu and it was called That Vibe. I tell you what vibe I got. I got Gina G. Did you? Yeah, because not so much the song, mm-hmm. um, you know, that disco number, but her dress was very Gina G's dress. And her back in um, sort of dancers was sort of like jigging around with her, just like they do in Gina G's, you know, who are just a little. It just, yeah, I, I, I just totally got that vibe from it. Oh, okay. Um, I got a sort of electro pop slightly R&B not quite sure how to call the genre I'm, I'm, I'm consciously aware that having set ourselves up as musical pundits for this podcast I don't actually know what to call this musical style so if anybody knows t- pop a note through we need to ask <laughs> Ellie Ellie at ESC Insight you'll let us know on our socials I'm sure yes what would you call Lilo that vibe We're, we were lost about how do you pin it down that someone will know they'll tell us somebody will know Ellie will be very good and yeah. the other person who knows a genre when he hears one is Roy Delaney 
um, who is amazing at picking up all the subgenres and calling out other people when they call it as sort of a, a more generic form of that genre or miss the genre completely. I do like the little corrections. <laughs> right, Roy and Ellie, media. get in touch, please, because okay. we all need to know. Yes. If anybody else knows as well, do let us know on our social media, which is coincidental plug. <laughs> <laughs> so on Twitter, we are at Second Cherry. Like I've not said this a million times, but I still have to really think about it. So yeah, Twitter at Second Cherry. Instagram is Second underscore Cherry. And then you can search for us on Facebook, Second Cherry Podcast. And how else can they get in touch? You can email us at... Hello! At secondcherry.vision. That is... Hello! At secondcherry.vision. <laughs> and secondcherry.vision is the website as well. Mm-hmm. And of course available on all your regular podcasting platforms. Makes me feel like really posh and professional. Like I know. On iTunes and <laughs> Spotify and things like that. Um, and of course, if you like the show, please do uh, leave us a little review or a comment there. And uh, give us a little star rating. Um, that star rating will be five, of course, out of five. Won't it? If you don't want to leave us a five star rating, just don't. Don't, don't, worry. Yeah, don't bother. Just, just <laughs> complain to you. Complain to your mum or something. I don't know. <laughs> so that's our Danish uh, songs for this week. So, which one of these is going to be our cherry? So, Matt, which one is going to be our cherry? Well, this didn't really split us. There was a couple of different votes. As I said, mine. mine my vote went to Simone, Emily, but we haven't chosen Simone. We have chosen Marie Isabel, Dancing With You In My Heart. We have, yes. Yeah. It was a hit with uh, the team uh, who liked that good old-fashioned Schlager song, uh, Schlager sound. Um, and yet, yes, I mean, the votes did go in a number of different ways for this, but that was the one that was uh, that garnered the most uh, votes there. So that is our cherry. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, bringing some good old-fashioned Schlager style to uh, second cherry. Yeah, I'm happy with that. I'm yeah, happy. me too. Me too. So that's it for this week. Uh, join us next week. Uh, we are not confirming yet which uh, country we're going to be reviewing. We have to go back and have a discussion with the team, and then we'll we'll have some more cherries plucked for you for the coming weeks. Yeah, we like to know. We like to keep it fresh, don't we ourselves? We so do. We like, yes. Yeah, know what we're going to do. But yeah, it's good that you are still with us however many songs in now it's amazing that you're still with us getting what a niche pursuit this one is I think are we halfway we could be halfway mm. we're not we're not sure at the moment how many songs are going to be part of the contest no we don't know yet as yet we haven't fully decided that you know cards on the table it's a but maximum of 20 but it may be fewer maybe fewer but roughly then we're about halfway through the series Monty <gasps> goodness already yeah halfway through the series oh my goodness where's my summer gone I know I think We've got a live episode. Not live episode, live. I keep calling it live episode. We've got a live show coming up. We have a live show in November. Wow. So you can come along to the live show if you're in London. I mean, you can travel as well if you wish to. But you can take part virtually because you'll be able to vote online and give us all of your lovely thoughts on the songs. But that's all coming later. We've got more songs for you to come. So we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.